We've heard about postpartum depression, and maybe we have friends who have confided in us that they were affected by it. But what about twin mamas? If you're carrying multiple babies, are you more prone to experiencing postpartum depression? Today, we're here to talk with Dr. Allison Remnick and learn more about how postpartum depression affects women, and especially twin moms. This is Twin Talks. The ultrasound shows your babies to be healthy. What? Did you say babies? You're huge. Are you having twins? Are they natural? Which one do you like better? Twins, huh? My neighbor's cousin's brother's uncle's a twin. So can they read each other's minds? How do you tell them apart? Twins? You got a two for one. Do twins run in your family? Double trouble. You're not having any more, are you? At least you're not Octomom. If you're pregnant with twins or you're an experienced twin parent, odds are you've heard it all before. Now it's time to hear from the experts. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. Well, welcome to Twin Talks. Twin Talks is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for expecting and new parents of twins. I'm your host, Christine Stewart-Fitzgerald. If you'd like to listen to our show on the go, be sure to download the Parents on Demand app, and it's available on Apple and Android. Not only can you hear our show, but you'll also discover more great podcasts geared towards parents and families. So let's get into it, and let's introduce everyone who is joining our conversation today. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your family, your experience with today's topic. Let's start with our expert speaker, Dr. Remenick. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Allison Remenick, and I am the director of the Women's Reproductive Mental Health Program at the University of California, San Diego. I work there full-time, and I'm also a mom of three little ones, so My youngest right now is 21 months, and I also have a four-year-old and a five-year-old. And I've been working with moms who've had mood and anxiety disorders during pregnancy and postpartum for about eight years. So I'm excited to talk to you about what we know. Yay. Well, thank you. And let's see, let's go to our parents that are joining us. So Maggie, uh, how about, tell us about your family. Hi, I'm Maggie, and I have uh, four-and-a-half-year-old twin boys, and I also have an almost two-year-old boy. And uh, let's see, so what I know about the topic a little bit, I will say that I feel like I suffered a little bit more from depression after my singleton, but I did, I think with the twins, have I suffered a little bit of postpartum depression, but I just don't think I realized it. And it was more with my second that I kind of recognized the signs more. And I did I did get help for it. Oh, that's great to hear. Awesome. Okay. And Lisa, welcome Lisa coming Hi. to us from the sunny shores of Hawaii. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Um, my name's Lisa. I have three and a half year old boy girl twins. I'm a stay-at-home mom right now with them. And we had our twins through IVF after many years of trying to get pregnant and failing. And I definitely experienced postpartum depression in the first year, but I really didn't seek help because I was in denial about it until actually they were almost like two and a half years old. I finally realized I needed help. And so I I, I waited late, but better late than never to to get help and treatment for it. Oh, wow. Well, that's we definitely have to talk about the, the whole timing and diagnosis. That's a really great thing to, that we'll have to cover. And uh, let's see, Sunny, our producer, welcome. Yeah, thanks so much. So hi, guys. I'm Sunny, and uh, I have four kids. Um, my oldest two are my singletons. I have an eight-year-old boy and a seven-year-old boy. And then I have five-and-a-half-year-old identical twin girls. As far as postpartum depression is concerned, I kind of mirror what Maggie said. I felt like I had it after my first son, my oldest. And then 
I really didn't get treated for it. I started to, um, I actually went to, what do they call them? Intake appointments. I went to an intake appointment and I just, I didn't connect with the person and it was so tough to get to the appointment. Anyways, it just never really happened. And so I kind of started the process because I could feel myself becoming depressed and I kind of recognized the symptoms and I was like, I think I need some help, but then never really got treated for it. And I don't think I really had it with my second son or my twins. And that's so interesting that you would have it with maybe one pregnancy, but not the other. And I'm Christine, your host. And uh, let's see. So I have identical twin girls who are now nine years old, which I know for a lot of the folks who are listening today, it seems like that's so old. (laughs) I go, wow. (laughs) Um, And I also have um, a singleton girl who's six. So we got three girls. And I think after having three girls, we said, you know, the chances of having, you know, another kid that would, you know, maybe a boy would be is is pretty much nil. And so we're like, I think three girls is good. We're 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 good right there. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and it's, I think for me, I wasn't diagnosed with postpartum depression, but I I definitely have to say there were times when I probably would would check some of the indicators in, in the box. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely be talking about that. So thank you and welcome everyone. Okay, so let's talk about some news headlines. This is our our segment that we love to do, and we love to find the crazy headlines out there regarding twins and multiples and basically look at and go, wow, can you believe that happened? And, And this news headline totally falls into that category. So the headline is, a month after giving birth, this woman had surprise twins. Now, I think everybody that's listening to this episode, you could probably put yourself in that person's position and go, oh my gosh, how is that possible? (laughs) I thought I was having one baby. And then, you know, within the period of a month, you go home with three babies. So let me give you the background on this, okay? Um, The woman's name is Arifa Sultana. She's from Bangladesh. She was 20 years old when she gave birth to this first baby, which was a baby boy, and she had never had an ultrasound. And I don't really know the reason behind that. Maybe it wasn't available, but she never had an ultrasound with her baby boy. She had no idea that she actually had a twin pregnancy in addition to that, but she did end up giving birth to boy-girl twins 26 days after she gave birth to her singleton. Now, yeah, you guys are wondering how in the world is this possible? So- Basically, she has what's called, and there's a technical term for it. Allison, you may know what it is, but it's a second uterus. So she actually has two, is it uteri? I don't know what plural of uterus is, <laughs> is but uh, so she has two of them. And that happens in one in 2,000 women will have wow. two uteruses. And then of that population, only one in 25,000 can have simultaneous pregnancies. Wow. And so she is of a very, very, very select group of women that could actually do this. But yeah, so she had her baby, you know, at home with the baby. Everything's great. And she had these severe stomach pains, which are labor pains. (laughs) And then uh, she went in, the doctors 
took a look and obviously were completely surprised. Uh, they performed a C-section on her. And yeah, so I mean, that's how the babies were born. The family is very happy. <laughs> this makes a lot of sense. They're actually, they're worried about finances. They have no idea how they're going to afford oh these gosh. babies, <laughs> which I think that went through most of our heads too. And someone told us we were going to have to. And uh, yeah, the family, I guess uh, their their salary, if you translate it into dollars, they make about $95 per month. And oh. so I think someone needs to set up a GoFundMe account or something to help yeah. this poor family. But they're they're in good spirits. But oh my gosh, can you imagine like you just gave birth to one and then 26 days later, two. Like how did they all fit in there or, <laughs> or I, I, no I don't know. Idea. I mean, it just says there wasn't any complications with their first one. Wow. So that leads me to believe that if it wasn't completely full term, it was enough that, you know, there wasn't any intervention or, you know, anything needed Ooh. to help the baby. That's yeah. just, that's just uh, amazing. I mean, th- yeah, I, I think, you know, you hear about sometimes these, the surprise pregnancies where women don't know that they're pregnant, but I mean, you know, even more so if you've already had a baby, then I mean, that's the last thing you'd have in your mind about having, you know, oh, there's still more in there. I mean, you know, maybe, okay, we hear about surprise multiples, in the hospital, it's like, oh yeah, there's there's another one in there. But 26 days later, <laughs> she's probably thinking, oh, you know, you have that, you still have that baby bump, you know, postpartum. Yeah. But to her, she's she's thought, oh, well, mine's just extra big or not going away. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, I would be really curious, and there's no follow up on this, but since our topic today is about postpartum depression. Man, I wonder, you know, what kind of depression she or if she was, you know, be at risk of having even greater depression because she had three babies, you know, two different, you know, two different uteruses. I have no idea what that does to the chemical makeup of your body. And the doctors probably don't even know either. Right. But you can only imagine that it has to be intensified. Wow. That's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> double the uterus, double the hormones. <laughs> Makes sense, right? We're here today with women's health expert, Dr. Allison Remenick of UC San Diego Health. Dr. Remenick oversees the Women's Reproductive Mental Health Services Program, which is uniquely dedicated to providing mental health care for women in all stages of life, but particularly in the postpartum period. We're here today to talk about twin moms and how they might be especially susceptible to postpartum depression. So Dr. Remenick, I have to say, I'm just so glad that you know, you have a a center that's devoted to women. I mean, I, I'm not aware of any other center that puts such an emphasis on women and particularly postpartum health. And here we are, I think today we're recording. This is the, is it National Postpartum Health Awareness Month? I think. <laughs> yeah, Maternal Mental Health Awareness Month and Mental Health Awareness Month in general too. So I'm imagining you've been in great demand recently, um, just just to raise the flag, and, and we're all here to learn about it. I think we've heard the term postpartum depression, but I don't know if how many of us really know what that actually means. Can you just give us some you know definition of, of what that means and how that kind of – maybe how it manifests itself? Sure. So – Postpartum depression is a depressive episode, but that it can happen late in pregnancy, like in the third trimester or within the first few months after delivering. And a lot of first-time moms really don't realize that they have depression. And I think most of the time they just think, oh, is this what being a mom is now? Is this 
is this how life is going to be? Um, but really, I say the symptoms are mostly just feeling really down, depressed, feeling very tearful all the time, um, feeling like they have no energy, um, can feel really irritable. Um, and have really a lot of difficulty sleeping. I think one thing we're trying to move towards too is trying to title it perinatal mood and anxiety disorders because a lot of women will say, I didn't, I don't have depression, I have anxiety. Um, and really, we see a lot of anxiety too postpartum, just not having a lot of concern and worry about health of the baby, about safety, having a lot of diff- like difficult intrusive thoughts that might seem scary. And, you know, at the, at the worst, having, you know, suicidal thoughts, um, and that, that point is, you know, it's a medical emergency. But a lot of times, too, moms might have just a really difficult time caring for the baby during this time because she can be so sleep-deprived um, and just dealing with a lot of new changes. Oh, yes. I think we, we definitely <laughs> can all relate to that. So I'm, I'm just you now I'm curious. So how is this different, you know, when you talk about you know, some of these, these symptoms, I mean, how is it different from regular depression? Let's just say that's, that's maybe it's not associated with, with post, I mean, is there a difference between postpartum depression and, and regular depression? Yeah. I mean, we think there is just because there's so many biological factors um, that come into play and genetic factors. So if there's a family history, women are more at risk. If women have had previous histories of depression or specifically postpartum depression, they're Um, more at risk. And then there's just hormones. So estrogen and progesterone go way, way, way up to the highest levels they've ever been when you're pregnant and at the very last day of your pregnancy. And then the day you deliver, they drop to these extremely low levels. And I like to tell my patients kind of like simply estrogen is works as kind of an antidepressant and the progesterone works as an anti-anxiety. So you're kind of in this state now where you're a little more depressed, a little more anxious, and then you, now you have to take care of a baby and you're sleep deprived and you're trying to learn this whole new role um, when your body and your body is really like deficient now in nutrition and vitamins. So it's really like a, it's like the perfect storm for creating a lot of anxiety and mood disorders. So we feel like women are most vulnerable during this time. And it is a bit, it seems a bit different than other types of depression too, because there seems to be a pretty quick response if we ever use medications, like much quicker than we would see in the general population. And we think it's because of hormones. Wow. I know. I mean, I have to admit, I didn't realize how much hormones have to play in in all of this. I knew, you know, hormones manifest themselves in all these very physical ways, but I admit I didn't realize in, in as far as mental health goes. And I don't know if any of our panelists have any comments to add. I mean, I can relate to just immediately after giving birth, just those few days in the hospital and being at home, I just felt just sort of anxious immediately panicky, kind of like, oh my gosh, this is really real. But of course, I just chalked it up to, whoa, my, I just had two babies. You know, it's just overwhelming. And I knew about like how, you know, the hormone drops. I read about that in pregnancy books and things. But yeah, just experiencing it is, um, it was just, yeah, different than I expected. And how about also, I was thinking, you know, even taking other medications. You know, I, I have to remember when I had my twins, I was healing from a C-section and I was taking, I think it was basically like a, like a Vicodin equivalent. 
And um, I just remember there were a couple instances where I was having these just like, you know, what I would call nightmares, you know, just, and it was just like this deep anxiety where, you know, I just remember feeling really just tense and stressed out and worried and this, you know, as, as a dream. And, you know, I told my, my doctor about it and she says, okay, well, let's just switch you over on your medication. So I just went to like Tylenol and she says, yeah, we don't want to have to put you on additional medication. And I, so I did, we tried that and, and thankfully it did help, but I, I didn't even consider that maybe medications might also be a factor as well. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of moms will say if like it's a C-section that they felt like the anesthesia was potentially precipitated their depressed mood or if they had um, any type of narcotic or opiate medication that they felt like that kind of put them in a more vulnerable place too. I would say like in terms of the literature that hasn't really been proven, but everybody's makeup, chemical makeup, brain makeup is completely different. So, you know, I think there are certain things that make people more susceptible and certainly, you know, a, a number of different medications can do that and create kind of a more susceptible environment for postpartum depression and anxiety. Wow. So it sounds like there's really, there's, there's not any just typical sort of you know, case study, but we we have to really be paying attention to all these little minute things that are happening and these different kinds of influences and be able to report them to our provider. Now, we're talking about on the hormone side. Now, with twins, we all know that at least in the beginning of the pregnancy with fertility hormones, those when those are just spiking like way off the chart and it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> you're having twins, right? Is that also the case later in the pregnancy and postpartum where do do twin moms have just, you know, higher levels or lower levels of hormones that would make us more susceptible to mood and, and anxiety disorders? Yeah, there there typically is a higher level of hormones. And so that that drop that like as you deliver is a much steeper one. Um, so I think that puts moms of twins at risk. I think there's a whole other layer of factors that play into moms who have twins or multiples having, you know, more susceptibility and risk for a mood or anxiety disorder postpartum too. I know those factors. I mean, I think and probably some of that would be just the fact we were, we're getting less sleep, you know, and I can say in, in my case, you know, breastfeeding was by far the toughest thing I ever did. Breastfeeding twins. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a marathon. A is, a, is a full-time job. So that's like yeah. working two jobs, you know, especially if you throw in pumping, baby's not latching and you're pumping for two and feeding two. You know, I, I also think that, um, you know, sometimes uh, babies that are born premature, like twins, are often babies are in the NICU, and that also puts moms at more risk for postpartum depression and worry. You know, just about the health of their baby, and then more likely to have reflux, which can also cause more problems in terms of mood and anxiety and less sleep, and certainly just finding more space and time for yourself. So I know, like a lot of moms have a lot of guilt, like they're not having that one-on-one time with baby feel like their attention is constantly divided with the, with having two and feel a lot more overwhelmed. And even if you have some help, it never seems like it's enough. Yes. <laughs> that is, we, yeah. we're all yes raising all our that. hand, right? <laughs> check, check, Definitely. check. Yeah. And you know, now I was also wondering, twin moms have a higher rate of C-sections than singletons. Um, is that also a contributing factor? I would just think women recovering from surgery, I mean, we've got 
physical pain and we've got you know, mental pain, just there's our bodies healing in, you know, maybe more ways than one. And just, you know, carrying two babies for the last nine months, it's just there's more healing and restoration that needs to take place, right? So I, I would think that's also a factor. Yeah. C-section can put you more at risk. And then exactly what you said, pain can really be such a difficult thing to deal with um, on top of everything else again. Um, so it's like pain and inflammation have also been culprits of things that are preceding a mood or anxiety disorder during that time too. So there's again, there's a whole host of factors that we think kind of come into play. Maggie and Lisa, I mean, did you ever find, was there any physical factor or anything that you felt that was Either, either just a trigger or just maybe a component that really made you feel like that was part of what would could be either postpartum depression or any anything in your particular situation. I did kind of think that something might have triggered a little bit of my depression after, um, and this was after my singleton. I ended up bleeding really badly after I had him and I had a really fast labor. So I just uh, bled a lot and then I ended up fainting. And so I was reading more about it afterwards and I I think it might've been a hemorrhage, but I don't know for sure. And I did read that sometimes when you have a hemorrhage or a fast labor, you can um, be more susceptible to postpartum depression. So I I don't know, maybe that might've played a part. That is true too. Yeah, postpartum hemorrhage can definitely, it sounds like a postpartum hemorrhage is what you had and that could also be another precipitant. We're just layering on. And and for me, I can relate to Christine about the breastfeeding struggle. For me, that, that was also a big thing that just made me feel even more low was because I struggled with it. And then even when I switched to pumping, it wasn't, it wasn't going well, no matter all the things I tried to like, to increase my supply. It, it was it just got me down and it didn't help that my husband at the time was also sort of giving me guilt trips about not, I mean, he, he was coming from a good place, but he really was, he didn't think I tried hard enough, which is like the worst thing you can say to a mom who's trying to breastfeed uh, twins successfully. So yeah, that definitely did not help my mood and just made me feel worse about things. Oh, yeah, I could totally relate to that. I'll just say, yeah, as as twin mom, and we're just feeling physically and mentally challenged. And there's always someone that says, well, it could be worse. You know, it could be, mm-hmm. you're like, really great. Thanks for the, you know, the encouragement, <laughs> right? I mean, I remember uh, my mother-in-law was staying with us. And so I, I am very grateful we we had help early on. So she would come and cook for us and you know, to kind of take care of us. But the breastfeeding, it just takes so much time. You know, the, 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 you know, we do the breastfeeding for, you know, half an hour and then we do pumping for another, you know, half hour, 40 minutes. And then, you know, trying to eat. It's a full-time job. It's a full-time job, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I I remember for me, I really felt like I just, there was, there was one time when I mentioned, you know, to my mother-in-law and I just said, oh gosh, I just, I just feel trapped. I feel like I'm, you know, in, Mm -hmm. in jail, you know, and, and my, my expression was really around the fact that it's just day after day after day, it's, it's the same routine and I couldn't get out of it. I mean, I'd have maybe, you know, maybe a 45 minute break and this, but this is just going on, you know, literally 24 seven. Right. And her response to that was, well, at least you're in a beautiful prison, meaning, you know, our house is nice. <laughs> 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 and, 
Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How do you respond to that? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I, I think that's probably something we've all heard is just, you know, when we're going through this, it's like, well, maybe it's well intended, but it's a form of minimizing our, our feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about kind of the implications of having postpartum depression and uh, maybe some preventative measures as well. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Well, welcome back. Today we're talking with Dr. Allison Remnick about postpartum depression and twin moms. So um, I, I know some of us here have uh, singletons in addition to our twins. Um, I think we're learning that sometimes it's it's different, but but I don't know. I have to ask the question: If a woman has postpartum depression with with one, you know, singleton, is she bound to have it with twins? I mean, is there a likelihood that she would have it again? There still is a likelihood. I think, you know, it's quoted to be about like 30% or so, but there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of times moms who have been through it can then kind of plan to use more like preventative strategies so that they don't get it again. And then I think once they've had postpartum depression been diagnosed and they know what to look for, they know what their triggers are, they know what helped them to get out of it before. So I think that a lot of times our patients will, you know, employ preventative strategies so that they don't get it again. Having a treatment team or having a therapist or, um, you know, having just strategies that have worked for you can really come in handy. So, so tell me a little bit more about these preventative strategies. Now, does do those strategies start during pregnancy or do they start afterwards or, you know, when when's the best time to start, you know, planning that out? So you know how OBs give people birth plans? So in our clinic, we start, we have the partner or caregiver come in with the mom and start doing a postpartum plan at like 32 weeks, you know, talking about what's going to happen with childcare, if there's an older sibling meals, like who's going to be dealing with, you know, who's going to do which shift in terms of sleep? Um, What support can you get in terms of, do you need a postpartum doula or babysitter. Um, So we have people try to brainstorm those things. And then I also just try to remind people that number one, first and foremost, like the two things we really need moms to do is get four to five hours of sleep. I know that doesn't usually happen in the first two weeks, but to really try to get as much uninterrupted sleep as possible because four hours is what you need for a restorative sleep cycle, which nobody gets. <laughs> you know, if you're, especially if you have twins, I don't know how you guys do that. But um, so we try to emphasize that and trying to go out for walks every day. Like the sunshine is a natural antidepressant and it really like breaks up the day. I think someone says like it felt like an entirely long day, like a, you know, prison. So just getting out and be reminding yourself that, you know, there's sun and they're, you know, the world is beautiful out there to hear twins for a stroll. So we, there's a lot of different preventative measures. And then if you had a therapist or someone that you worked with previously, getting hooked up with them in pregnancy makes a lot of sense. 
I think I'm an advocate of therapy, obviously, but I think during any big times of transition, having twins would be one of them, I would imagine. (laughs) Um, We would just want someone to be kind of with a therapist and plotting out potential pitfalls along the way. Well, no, that's that's a great thing. I mean, if maybe even think about, yeah, planning is part of our our postpartum care. I know, you know, I, I'm a huge advocate of uh, really looking at postpartum care on the physical side, and I think that's great. To even start, you know, thinking about it, you know, afterwards. So it's like, yeah, if you don't already have a therapist, you know, lined up, maybe you start looking for <laughs> it's part of our self self care plan. <laughs> so now I'm I'm just wondering. So I and I also love that you're you're idea about just getting outside and sun. I mean, um, here we're in California and so we get so many days of sun and I know with, with twins, it is tough, but that couldn't be a small, just little victory just to, you know, bundle, bundle the babies up and put them in the snap and go, right. And just take a walk. I mean, I will, I won't forget, you know, I've got a picture of the first time that I went outside, you know, with my girls postpartum and I was in my yoga pants and <laughs> kind of like flip flops, right? But I mean, I took a little stroll around our cul-de-sac and it just felt good just to get outside and, yeah. and do something. <laughs> like, so Lisa, Maggie, what did you guys do in terms of some self-care? Well, you know, in my case, I, di- I didn't seek self or didn't really do any self-care until uh, way later because I was just in denial about my symptoms or, or thinking I could just power through it. But when I finally, it was when I made an appointment with a therapist and then I went to see also my like primary care doctor and um, and to talk about my symptoms and, and then they prescribed me medication, which helped immensely and also just continuing to see a therapist too, just to talk about you know, just life stuff, um, not just my kids or um, postpartum things, but that really started to to help a lot. Um, even though I tried, I did lots of other things before all that too. Like I, I was exercising regularly. I was still seeing my friends a lot. You know, I was making, I was technically having still a lot of me time. My husband was supportive about that, but it would help for a while. But then, you know, it just, the symptoms would crawl back and I just, you know, something had to give. So I knew finally I needed like professional help. That's, I mean, that's so great that you actually went out to to seek that on your own. Yeah. I know that's probably not always the case with with a lot of a lot of moms. So do do most moms? I mean, do you know maybe for, for Dr. Remnick, I mean, do most moms know that there's kind of something wrong, or do they need encouragement from family or friends or or somebody to kind of nudge them to seek professional help? I think, you know, most moms, I think in hindsight will say like, yeah, I knew something was wrong or, you know, like I said, sometimes they'll just be like, is this what, is this what being a mom is about? And that's it's new to me. But I think it's, it's always been, you know, loved ones kind of pointing out to them, like, you don't seem like you're the same person. You don't laugh like you used to. You don't have that same sparkle. You don't seem like you're engaged with us in this moment. You're off somewhere else. Um, so I do think it usually takes the encouragement and the nudge of of loved ones to really get someone into care. So if you see anyone that's struggling, you know, really say something or share your story, something that could be supportive for that person to get them into treatment. Wow. So, and then I think also, you know, I'm imagining that maybe, you know, some moms might be worried about, you know, getting treatment and, you know, either, you know, taking medication and the effects of the medication or, 
maybe they're concerned about stigma that you know from getting a diagnosis. So I don't. What, what do you what do you say to those those moms that might be kind of hesitant to to get treatment? Yeah, thanks for bringing this up too because I wanted to make a point of this. You know, a lot of moms delay coming in, you know, sometimes I've diagnosed postpartum depression when they're two years postpartum, um, just because they've been so afraid to come in for so many reasons. Um, you know, I think there's a there's a huge fear for some reason that people think they're going to go into the psychiatry hospital if they go and they talk to somebody, or that their baby's going to be taken away, or, you know, just the stigma of like, this is supposed to be like the happiest time of my life. And I, I'm admitting to feeling really depressed. What might be holding women back from coming in to get treatment and how can we address that? I mean, you know, for ourselves and because I, I, I know sometimes, you know, we go in for the like the six week and the eight week checkup and we fill out the, the, the paper with our primary um, obstetrician. And sometimes that's really the only point of, of official contact we might have with a caregiver, you know, unless we seek it out ourselves. And, and so I'm just thinking about maybe the moms who are out there who are identifying with with some of these feelings that we've been talking about and say, well, you know, that kind of does sound like me, but, you know, I really don't want people talking about me, oh, and having depression There's and worrying about some stigma and, and, you know, will people treat me differently and that sort of thing. And so I'm just thinking, what what do we tell those moms? Now that this is really normal, I always talk about that, you know, there's one in 10 who have postpartum depression, one in five will have a postpartum depression or anxiety. So this is, you know, it's, it's common and it's very treatable and that these symptoms, we, we try to normalize symptoms. So moms who have those, you know, maybe they might have scary thoughts, intrusive thoughts. I try to teach them that that's, that is anxiety and that does not equal you know, the, the scary cases that are unfortunately are the ones that are in the mainstream media of moms trying to hurt their children. That's a completely different diagnosis in psychiatry. Um, I think that's one thing I try to tell my patients that just because they have a thought doesn't mean it's real or they're going to act on it. Doesn't mean that they're crazy. I also say that we don't always start with medications. Medications can definitely be very beneficial. And there's a lot of medications that are safe with breastfeeding. But, you know, we always try to take the steps of try therapy first and then see how that works for you. And then if there's still a lot of symptoms you could benefit from a medication, then go to see a psychiatrist too. So some people are more comfortable seeing a therapist first or their OB. And hopefully the OB is talking to them about the skills that they're doing in the office and what they're used for and know where to refer. Right. No, I mean, and that's that's a good point you bring up that that the treatment really doesn't have to be all about medication. I mean, there's certainly the medications that are really beneficial and and they work. But um, starting out in either therapy or, or even support groups. I know. I mean, I'm active in my my local twins group, and we have a support group. They got the Twin Mamas, and it's run by a member of the group, and she's a licensed social worker. And she just it's just an open place where the moms can talk about what's going on and being real and. And I know a lot of people have said that they've really gotten a lot out of that. And I, I don't know if either Maggie or or Lisa, if you've been involved with that. Yeah, I, I miss that from the club now that I moved away. That that group was super beneficial for me. I'm so glad I went. I, I think I was only able to go like three or four times before I moved. But yeah, and, and this was before I, I sought help on my own. So it was, but it was a nice, it was, it was great just to like talk to other twin moms uh, about real deep stuff that, you know, we might not share with other friends or other moms. 
I, I got a lot, a lot out of going to the group too. I went to the support group and then I also um, went and, and I saw a therapist and I thought between those two things and then also um, I started exercising more and just eating a lot healthier and I felt all of those things combined helped me with my depression because I, I didn't want to go directly to the medication and I just wanted to try those things out first. Oh, and that's that's a good point. You know, we always talk about exercising, and I think so much emphasis is put on, you know, oh, getting your body back, right? But, <laughs> but really, that's really a great point to say that you know the exercise and just getting out and moving is is a good medicine for your your mental health as well. That's great. Well, I just want to say thank you so much to Dr. Remnick for joining us today and sharing with us, you know, what we need to know about postpartum depression. And so hopefully the moms out there will be more proactive in taking care of themselves. Thanks for having me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, it's time for our second segment. It's called Twin Oops, and I love these stories. These are great stories, usually from twin parents, about funny things that have happened with their twins where you just kind of have to take a step back and go, whoops, I'll, I'll have to learn from that mistake, not do that one again. And I just really appreciate the honesty in all this. So this comes from a mom. Her name is Melanie, and here's what she said. When my girls were three, I left a jar of honey in their room. And I think we could probably end the story there, but I will continue. <laughs> she said, she wants to clarify. She said, I had given one of the girls some honey for a cough right before nap time. So now we know why the honey was in the room. She says, they promptly climbed out of their cribs, opened the jar, and started eating honey like little poo bears, and then somehow flung honey all over the carpet, their dresser, and their crib. And she says, cleaning honey out of carpet is less fun than you are imagining and then she has a side note too. It says, don't give babies honey because we do know like there's an age where you can start to give honey. So she wants to put that disclaimer out. If, you're, if babies are too young, honey's not a good thing. But uh, have you guys ever given your kids something or have they ever just made a true mess, like giant mess out of getting into something? <sighs> yes. Yeah. Go ahead, go, Maggie's go ahead, like, Maggie. yeah. Yes. yes, for sure. <laughs> I left diaper paste somewhere in their room and they were at the stage where they just started climbing onto things that I didn't realize they could climb up and get. So they just <laughs> grabbed the diaper cream or and they just, you know, put it all over their hands, on the walls, just throughout their whole room. So that was a ton of fun cleaning that up. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Has anyone had the experience where the baby's gotten into their own poop diaper? Oh, I yeah, was just no. gonna say that. <laughs> It's a Sorry. poop party. Yes. Well, it's okay for the radios, but it's we called it the poop NATO in our household. <laughs> <laughs> They're covered in poop. Yes. 
Oh my gosh. I had to have carpet cleaning people come out. And even like they couldn't even like get it all out. I mean, I was using every chemical in the world to the point that like, I mean, it, it was just, it was so, it's such a horrible situation. It was so bad for my carpeting, but it finally got out. But that was the most, dis- you should have seen me on my hands and knees scrubbing poop everywhere. It was on their furniture and their hair. And oh I'm like, gosh. don't you guys have noses? Like this is not smelling good. Why, why are you having so much fun? Yes, it feel so much better hearing that you guys have had this because I thought it was the only one. I really, I tried to tell, um, I told my mother-in-law and she runs a daycare too. So I thought she would know and then put plus from her own kids. And she's like, I have never heard of that before. <laughs> I have the crazy kids. <laughs> you are no, not alone. Kids are crazy. You know, it happened so much in our household. I would dread it to wake up in that state in the morning oh, is one of the worst yeah. things ever. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Misery enjoys company, right? <laughs> Well, that wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Twin Talks. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, and our show, The Boob Group for moms who breastfeed their babies, Parent Savers, your parenting resource on the go, and Newbies for new moms during their first year. This is Twin Talks, parenting times two. This podcast is a proud member of Parents on Demand, a network of high quality shows for families just like yours. Download our free network app on Apple and Android and listen to your favorite episodes on the go. Hey, mamas, don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.